It's the 13th over of our match against Rajasthan Royals in Dubai. K.S. Bharat and Glenn Maxwell are batting and our target is 150. This is not a big target, but these chases can trip you up. And we've lost a couple of wickets. Enter Chris Morris. I'm sharing this story because two things happen in this little period of play, which tell us a lot about Glenn Maxwell the batter and Glenn Maxwell the person. So here's what happens. Morris, who's a tall all-rounder from South Africa and one of the most expensive players in the IPL has come to bowl. And Bharat takes him on. He gets on his knees and smashes him for a six. Morris obviously isn't happy and he has a go at Bharat. Words are exchanged, but Maxwell, he is having none of it. I don't know the details of what exactly was said in the middle, but here's the gist of it. Maxwell wanted to protect Bharat. Bharat is just hitting his flow and Maxwell knows now is not the time for the guy to lose his cool and get distracted. So, he quickly steps in to redirect the tension. He knows that if the bowler is focused on him, Bharat's life gets easier and Morris will be the one getting distracted. Win-win for us. So, Maxi rocks up to Morris and says, don't have a go at the youngster, have a go at me. And then, he soaks it all in. As if to make sure nobody forgets what a remarkable T20 player he is and that nobody should mess with him or his teammates. Maxwell absolutely rips apart Morris the next time he bowls. That was a six. And a couple of fours to bring up his 50 of just 30 balls. And before Morris knows it, the match was done. We won! Along the way, Maxi has completed the remarkable feat of 7,000 runs in all T20 cricket at an incredible strike rate of 152. Hello there, my name is Glenn Maxwell. This is the RCB podcast. Today I'm going to tell you how the IPL changed my life. From the Royal Challengers Bangalore and ATS Studio, this is the RCB podcast powered by Kotak Mahindra Bank, where we talk to people who make the biggest cricket league in the world happen and ask them how the IPL changed their life. I'm Danish Seth. Show your team some love. Get the Kotak RCB debit and credit card. SMS my team to 5676788 or visit kotak.com. Terms and conditions apply. Maxi has been in every edition of the IPL since 2012. So he has plenty to tell us about how the IPL has changed his life. Well, it certainly made uh, buying things easier. <laughs> um. Maxi is one of the IPL's biggest stars. He's achieved fame, money and success others can only dream about. He has the 360 skills others wish they had. We'll get to all of that success later. Because first, I want to help you understand Maxi. Maxi the person better. And I want to talk to you about failing. Yeah, it was actually uh, the World Cup 2019. Um, just nothing went right the whole, the whole tournament. Um, I got on a run one game. In 2019, Maxwell opted out of the IPL going into the World Cup. He had a pretty good year. He starred in wins for Australia and India and the UAE and he began the World Cup well. But it quickly went downhill and he wasn't in a good space. I played well against Sri Lanka. I started really well against India and um, 
I smashed them against uh, Bangladesh and I was hoping that was going to be my run into the tournament and get some momentum from there and then it just all, all of a sudden stalled. I got run out against uh, Bangladesh when I was going really well and um, it, it felt like from that moment on everything started just to fall fall away and um, it didn't matter how hard I trained, how, how hard I worked off the ground, um, it just nothing was working and um, I got really flat because my family were there as well. They flew over to, to see the World Cup and I remember a training session I was I was so cooked. I just, I'd, I'd had enough and I got hit in the arm by Mitchell Stark in the nets and when I, I, I walked out of the net, it hurt and I was hoping that it was broken so I didn't have to play anymore. And then we had the, we had our last group game and then the semi-finals after that and I was hoping I didn't have, didn't have to play anymore. Is, is it easier to fail in front of 45,000 people or in front of your own family? It's, it's Well, neither are easy. Um, I, I know how much they ride the highs and lows with me. Um, they send me messages before and after every every IPL game. It doesn't matter what time it is back at home. They watch every every ball. They're, they're glued to their TVs. They, they ride the emotions with me. And I know how emotional they were during the World Cup. They, they were sort of, they knew the pain that I was in and, uh, and how much I was struggling. So it was... Um, it was it was hard to sort of have 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 them see that, and it would have been nice to win that World Cup, and then there would have been a little bit of, I suppose, positive, or there would have been a massive positive to obviously take out of it. But I felt like, with my failing um, out in the ground and not being able to problem solve on the go, I felt like I was letting my teammates down, and I felt like I just felt like the world was happening. If you're wondering why one of the best players in the world was hoping he had a broken arm so that he wouldn't have to play one of the biggest tournaments in his life, well, that's just the funny thing about the human mind. I'm also pretty clear in what my own expectations are. I think they're probably a lot more than what people would think. Um, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself anyway to perform and, and to, to play well um, in, in all the games that I play. and. I expect that if I do well, that a team should win, which is a lot a lot of pressure um, to sort of go into every game, think, having that mindset. And um, that can be uh, to my detriment sometimes. I can get pretty low after games and I can get high after after good games and it can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster. But, yeah, it's just the way I've always gone about it. I've just tried to have 100% backing of my own ability, knowing what I can do and knowing that, um, if I can have a good day, um, hopefully there's no team that can stop me. All the pressure and expectation comes at a price. In 2019, Maxi took away some time from the game to focus on his health, his mental health. Because like any other injury, that needs time to heal too. I, I remember vividly in 2019, I think it was October, I, I just felt like a cardboard cutout of myself. I wasn't, I had no personality. I was turning up to things and just being like nothing, absolutely nothing. So I had no emotion, no no reactions to things. Like if something should affect you and sort of make you upset, I, I had I had just numb feelings. There was just nothing. <laughs> it felt like there was no one home. Um, I felt like I was just a I was I was Glenn Maxwell the cricketer. I wasn't Glenn Maxwell the person anymore. And and. It was it was draining. I felt like I was putting on a mask every day when I woke up, and I wasn't able to take it off. Like I just everywhere I walked, it was like Glen Maxwell. That's that's the cricketer. Glen Maxwell. That's a Glen Maxwell. That's a cricketer. And I just I got so drained, and I didn't want anyone to see me, so I just shut myself in my room and just didn't 
basically socialise with anyone. And it, yeah, it was it, it was extremely hard. And I had my fiance knew something was up, um, so she flew to flew to Adelaide where I was. I, I still remember the team meeting that we had before the series. So we we're about to play a series against Sri Lanka T20s, and and I, I remember walking to that team meeting and the amount of like words like, oh, we've got to be 100% committed, 100% focused, 100%, like really. And I just felt myself like just shitting myself, just going, oh, there's, I can't do it. I'm not going to be able to give you 100% commitment. Like In my head I'm thinking, maybe give you 50. <laughs> and I, I felt bad for being there because I, I thought, I, I just don't have that in me right now. Um, and I called the psych um, straight after. I said, we need, we need to talk. I'm not right. I'm just, I'm 100% not right and um, called Vinny and got her to fly to Adelaide and um, sat him down and I said, I think I'm done. Like, and I just didn't want to play cricket ever again. Like I said, I'm, 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 I don't think I can do it. And um, they offered offered to give me a break and sort of a bit of time away from the game and um, tried to do it in the most, not sneaky, but sort of let me sort of fade away into the background a little bit. So we had a, the third T20 was in Melbourne. So we went Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne. And they said, when we get to Melbourne, instead of playing that game, we can just let you just head home and then won't be spoken of. And so no one will know about until obviously you don't show up for the next game. And, and I, I still remember playing that for, after sort of start acknowledging, yep, you're going to get a break. Or all of a sudden it felt like just a weight off my shoulders. And um, even, even for that game, I went out there and played and I was on the microphone talking to people, talking people through the, a run out and um, I batted, I got 60 off, I don't know, not many. And I walked off the ground and I was still numb. There was no feeling, there was no, oh, geez, that was fun or, yeah. um, geez, I played well for my country. It was absolutely nothing. That's when I knew I was making the right decision. I was like, I've, I've had a really good day out in the field. We've had a really good win for Australia and I just felt absolutely zero like no emotional response whatsoever. Yeah. And um, when I went when I went home and um, had my time to myself, saw a, a, a psychologist outside of outside of cricket and just talked to him about everyday things and tried to sort of find some joy in other areas of life. And um, I, I didn't even want to play golf. I didn't I didn't want to do anything. And I sort of yeah. just stayed in my room for three or four days. Just didn't talk to anyone. Didn't pick my phone up. Um, and then I finally got the confidence to, or the courage to to call someone, and I called uh, Moses Enriques, someone who's obviously suffered with uh, mental health before, and just had a conversation with him. And the fact that he was able to, I suppose, explain a few of the feelings that I was feeling, yeah. or the lack of feelings that I was feeling, um, was was amazing. And he was really good to talk to, um, even just a, a text message here and there, and. I remember the, the hardest thing being when it came out was the amount of text messages and phone calls that I got from people yeah. wishing me well. Yeah. That was the worst. Like as much as you might think it's the most lovely thing, oh, it's nice that you've got so many people, it was the worst thing I could have seen. I just, I turned my phone off. I hated it because I thought I don't want sympathy. <laughs> like I don't, I don't need this and like it, it just, because I, I didn't have any emotions. Like I, I couldn't be sad about it. I couldn't be... I just had nothing, so I just I just left it, and then finally, after probably a week, we got back to all of them and said thank you, and said, "All right, let's start the start to obviously get back to normal." 
Yeah, and 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 you know the thing about mental health is I think considering you and I've uh, suffered this with this now for about five years, I'm still taking antidepressants, and I can't move a day without taking them. I think yeah. it's very important for us to acknowledge it. Yeah, before somebody else can exactly right. See and it. I was on them for six months, like antidepressants, and yeah, um, it was only when I started to, I suppose, wean off. I, I started to feel a bit more like my normal self again. I'm so glad cricket has people like Maxwell who are having these important conversations and speaking so frankly about mental health because it makes such a difference. It puts things like success and failure in perspective and shows us that however a person may look and act on the outside, we're all dealing with our own little demons in our own little ways. I've been around the IPL for a while now and everyone across all the teams only has nice things to say about Maxi about how he tries to make sure everyone around him has a great time. Remember that incident with Bharat and Morris? It's not an isolated one. I aim to please, I aim to sort of be good company. I want people to be smiling around me because I know as soon as there's, I suppose, one unhappy person that can sort of spread like a cancer, it just, that affects the next person, that affects the next person. All I'm trying to do is make people happy and just be happy to sort of be around, I think. Um, you can get caught up with results, you can get caught up with things that you can't control. And I feel like if there's at least a positive energy around where someone can laugh at you, even if it's at my own expense, it doesn't matter. As long as someone's, if it changes their day, hopefully it just turns it around and um, they can have a, maybe a positive outlook about it. And I suppose that's just been the way I've gone about things. I've always tried to have a laugh at my own expense, have a laugh at other people's and, and yeah, just try and keep, a, keep the emotions on a, on a positive side. Maxwell has been in four different teams in his nine years in the IPL. And there's a reason he has good relationships everywhere. And watch a young guy go out there and, and play well and, and be so excited about them, get around them, show them some positive emotions. There's nothing more than I love to see um, a guy like Yuzi getting wickets and, and doing well and having success. Because I know how hard he works and I know how much it means to him. So um, I think... Yeah, removing your own results away from it for a little bit and actually, I suppose, getting stuck into almost being involved in that that person. So if you throw a couple of balls to, let's say, KS Barat and he goes out and makes runs, you actually feel like you're making runs. You feel like they're, they're your runs as well it's, and you feel so proud of him. You, you feel like a happy father. I don't know what, I don't know what that means yet, but um, I'm sure I will at some stage. But yeah, it's, it's nice to be heavily involved in your teammates and ride the emotions with them so they're never alone because as any cricketer knows, if, you can get, if you're alone and doing it by yourself, it's a, it's a pretty tough, lonely road. So how did Maxi, a boy from Melbourne, get here? My earliest cricketing memories probably come from playing with my brother in the backyard, actually playing a game. I still remember my first ever like competitive game of cricket. Um, I was seven years old playing in the under 12s because we didn't have any age groups younger. We won the game and I remember we did a, a victory lap in front of no people. <laughs> we just <laughs> did a lap around the ground and that, that was awesome. I, I still remember every bit of the game. I don't think I scored any runs. Um, I can't remember if I, I took any wickets, but I just remember loving the team atmosphere about it, playing with some friends and, but yeah, something funny about when I was a kid, me and my brother used to make stumps out of Lego. We'd sort of build them up and then deliberately miss the ball so the stumps would get shattered and we'd make it all again. Um, so that was, that was something that was pretty special. Stay right here. There's a lot more to come after this quick break. 
Show your team some love. Get the Kotak RCB debit and credit card. SMS my team to 5676788 or visit kotak.com. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. This is the RCB podcast powered by Kotak Mahindra Bank. Maxwell's already spoken about riding the highs and lows, but this seems like a constant theme in his life. Here's a story from his childhood where he's a hero one day and then not so much the next. One thing from my childhood I still remember is my last year of juniors um, playing for my local club South Belgrave. Um, I used to, because I played uh, district cricket in the afternoon and we started a little bit earlier than the senior cricket in local. Um, so I'd play for an hour and a half of juniors and then have to head off and go warm up for the senior game. And um, I, I did that throughout the whole season and tried to play as many games as I could just to help them out. Um, and then uh, we got to the semi-final and I was on 64 um, and this guy came on to bowl and I hit him for six sixes and over to bring up 100 and then retired. And then, yeah, walked off. The whole senior club was there. So that was the only game I could actually stay the whole time. The whole senior club was there sitting on the hill and clapping. And I just remember walking off and this has been the most fun I've ever had. It was just, guys were just happy. It was just, <laughs> they were, they, they were none of them were going to play beyond junior cricket. They were, they were just all having fun as, as mates and didn't take it too seriously. It was just all a bit of fun and, um, yeah, we made the grand final and got absolutely belted the next week. <laughs> and most of it was my fault, so. And then there was February 2013, where in the IPL auction, Maxi was the most expensive player selected by any team and the only one to get a million dollars. In a cruel twist of fate, miles away in Australia that same day, he got a first ball duck against the West Indies. I was playing for Australia against the West Indies. We were in Perth. We played two days before and I'd opened the batting against the West Indies. We chased, we only needed like 78, I think it was. And I went out there and got 50 off maybe 25 balls or something like that and completely forgot about the auction. That's 100% true. I know a lot of guys go, oh, I didn't even know it was on, but I had absolutely no clue. So we had a game two days later. I just got out for a first ball duck to Darren Sammy, walking into the change rooms like, throwing stuff around, putting it on the ground. Came back and sat down. There was a few people like giggling and like around me. I was like, I don't know, what are the, what's going on here? I don't know. Michael Clark and Mickey Arthur, the coach at that time, said, Maxie, need a word. I was like, what have I done wrong now? Well, I know I'll go dark. I'm really sorry. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, um, the IPO auction was on today. And I was like, oh, I had absolutely no idea. And they're like, oh, do you want to know what you went for? And I was like, yeah, all right, I don't really care. And they went, you went for a million. And I went, <laughs> and just walked off, walked off, and just sat down. And like people were giggling, like, Maxie, million dollar man, like, like couldn't believe it. And I, and I was sitting there just going, oh my god, like could could not believe it. And my family had flown to Perth for the game as well, so mum and dad were in the crowd. And anyway, we went out and bowled. And during that game, I became statistically the worst bowler in Australian cricket history. I'd taken like 243 or 245 balls before I'd taken a wicket in like one day cricket. Um, then finally got one and then I got a second and I was on a hat trick. Then Sonny on the right hit me for four sixes in a row and then finished the game off, had four for and just missed out on a fiver. So it was a, it was a pretty extraordinary day. We won the game. 
went off, went off the ground and um, mum and dad were on the bearing line and mum was just like shaking. She couldn't believe it. And I was like, it was a pretty crazy day. <laughs> there was plenty, plenty that happened. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was nice to be able to share that with my parents who were um, obviously one-on-one supporters. That's a great story. Maxwell has consistently gone for good amounts at the IPL auctions. Teams quickly saw that there's just something special about this guy, that he just makes things happen. Take this match back in 2014 when Australia were playing Pakistan and Abu Dhabi. Steve Smith had helped them get to 231 for 9. Pakistan being Pakistan had stumbled in the chase. But they needed just two runs to win in the final over. In today's cricket, where the last few overs go at over 10 runs per over, Maxwell was thrown the ball to defend two runs. And well, I'll let him tell the story. There's probably about four or five overs left and I'm looking up at the scoreboard going, please get these last few wickets, I don't want to bowl again. And I was like, working out, I was like, yep, Faulkner, Johnson, Stark, oh no. And I knew that there was one over left for someone to bowl and I was looking around, I was like, this is going to be me, this is going to be, like, no one else can bowl, I'm the last one. So I think we got like the seventh wicket and then the eighth wicket and then didn't take a wicket for a couple overs and I was like, this is it. I'm going to have to bowl the last over and they, they just poked them around. And when they need two two to get off six balls, you're looking around and going, doesn't matter where you put, like, put two guys over there, like, let's just keep the field up over here and just see what happens. And first ball, swing and miss, hit him, just hit him on the pad. Uh, second ball, slog sweep, miss, bowled. And at that stage, I thought, Muhammad Irfan's coming out here. There's a good chance he'll either hit one straight up or he'll hit me out of the stadium. Because the game before in Sharjah, hit with two of the biggest sixes out of the ground. And I was like, there's a chance that he could hit this to one of the fielders on the fence. Like, So he just left two fielders on the fence and bowled. I bowled the first ball and he blocked it. And I was like, that is the most bizarre thing in the world. So there were three balls left, they needed two. Big swing and a miss, hit pads as pads. Then big swing and a miss again. Then we need, they need two off one. And then like, me and George, George Bailey was captain, had another discussion about do we change the field? And he goes, nah, like, what, what could we possibly change? And then I was going for the Yorker uh, to finish off and I missed the spot by miles. But because it was straight and he thought it was going to be wide, he just swung straight up in the air in the game. Two for none off the over, double wicket made and to finish a, an ODI. And I think it was our closest win by runs ever against Pakistan. And I think we won that series 3-0. I think that was, that was an awesome night. So through all these highs and lows, how has the IPL changed Maxi's life? I look back probably to the second year when I got picked up by Mumbai for a million dollars, which was life-changing and certainly not something you expect. I hadn't played that much for my country. I hadn't really played that much domestic stuff for my, for my state. So to have that come up for you as a young player was pretty amazing. And then to share the change room with some of the greatest cricketers of all time. Uh, we had Sachin and Punner in the, in the room. So I just basically sat next to them as much as I can and just tried to soak in as much of that cricketing knowledge as I could. And The punter he's talking about is former Australia captain Ricky Ponting, who became his mentor. Yeah, it was an amazing learning experience. And I think that's one of the things I take out of what IPL has done for me. It's probably fast-tracked my development as a cricketer. The people I've played with, the travelling you get to do, we've played in what Dubai and, oh, sorry, UAE and India for a couple of different IPLs with heaps of different players. So it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful tournament to be a part of. 
pretty much every game that we played, whenever Sachin put his bag down, I would put my bag down right next to his and just try and chat to him normally, um, try to treat him like a normal human being. I know that people can sort of fanboy him a fair bit and can get a bit giggly. I just tried to become friends with him and um, try to be as normal as possible. And I think he really likes that, especially for a young player, just to be able to have the confidence to come up and talk to him normally and um, have random conversations that wasn't always about cricket, but just about things outside of the game. And and he was great. He was really open with me and was able to sort of just watch him the way he goes about his training, uh, his different training techniques. And um, I'd already known Punner for a, a little bit of that. And we ended up playing county cricket the, straight after the IPL. So we went from that to play for Surrey together. So that was an amazing experience. And the same thing, we were staying in the same hotel complex and having dinner together. And I had to pinch myself as a, as a young player. I think I was 24. And to have those that experiences at that age is just incredible. Maxwell's best IPL season was in 2014, where he made 552 runs for Kings XI Punjab. Those runs came at an incredible strike rate of 187.75. And Punjab went all the way to the finals. I think I had five years at Kings XI, and two of the years were, were really good. I felt like they were really successful. The first one, obviously, I was MVP of the league. The second one, I was captain and I performed really solidly throughout the year. I think I scored over 300 runs, had a, about 10 wickets as well. And I felt like that was my, actually my be better year, despite the fact I probably didn't get as many runs. But when I made those runs, we won the games. I think my highest score was 46 or 47, but I made it on about four or five occasions, not out finishing the game, because that was my role as captain. And I was really proud of the way that I played that year and ended up getting released by Kings Eleven that year and going to Delhi the following year and then having a year off. So that was that was obviously a hard time. Having, I think the, the previous two years, they, they weren't very good and I probably struggled to get any any rhythm or any momentum throughout the tournament. And, and last year was a bit of a nightmare, Not, nothing really went right. And it, it, can be, it can be hard work, T20, when you're a middle order player, you're not getting a lot of balls in the, in the middle, you're not getting a lot of consistency. KL and Mike were making truckloads of runs. Um, Nicky Puran was smacking them as well. So a lot of the time I ended up facing less than an over or two and there's not a lot to sort of get momentum and um, you can train as much as you want, but if you don't have that in-game momentum, um, it makes it really hard to rediscover at any stage throughout the tournament. And yeah. um, I found I was just searching. I, I was going into every game and I was like, feels like I haven't batted for six months. Like Even though I've been training every day, every time you go into a game, it's just no rhythm whatsoever and it was just probably down to it I just we had so many top order batters playing well then we brought Gale in and I was pushed another spot down the order and I was like I'm getting even less balls here so it's going to be even tougher and I actually went to him I said you, you might as well not play me because I'm, I'm not like Andre Russell where I can come out and just hit the first ball for six I need time and to their credit they stuck with me because I was bowling really well and I was fielding and doing a lot of work with the captain with the bowlers but yeah I think batting wise I just if you don't get that rhythm early on, on the tournament, it's really hard to rediscover. And as I said, they brought in the big guy, Gail, who came out and smacked him as well. And it just sort of just left less and less balls for me to actually give myself some time and get, get some rhythm and never found it, unfortunately. It took coming to RCB this season for him to find that mojo again. He had six fifties this 2021 season. And just imagine, Kohli, AB and Maxwell in the same team. What a combination. 
I asked Maxi if in all those auctions he's been at, there was ever a team he wanted to go to. Somehow, the answer didn't surprise me. I'll be brutally honest, it was this one. Having Virat and AB here, the two players I've, all, I've always wanted to play with, uh, and also having Yuzi here, we played together in that Mumbai 2013. It's been nice to be able to come back and, and, and play with him again, and we've been friends for a long period of time o- over that, and um, always stayed in contact. I remember walking out and seeing a few of the guys. I saw Yuzi, gave him a big cuddle, I saw AB and Virat and they both said, this is about time, we've got the three of us together. And that, that was that was pretty cool. And um, as I said, I've been looking forward to hopefully playing with those two um, one day. And yeah, it just felt like it was all coming together and everyone was just so welcoming straight away. Messi, you've played against Virat before. Did you have a different perception of him versus now that you know him? And how different is the Virat that you met on the field versus the Virat you know in person now? Well, well, he's changed a fair bit over the years, I think, um, yeah. especially now with Anushka and his lovely baby. I think he's got so much healthy balance in his life at the moment where he's just so at peace with himself. He, yeah. he looks in a, in a really good spot and it, it looks like there's no outside stresses. He knows he's handing the captaincy over, which I think is a was potentially a big burden for him. It might have been something that's been weighing him down for a while and now that he's been able to sort of release that, it might be dangerous news for opposition teams, but like it's it's amazing it's amazing for him to be able to sort of almost relax a bit and actually enjoy the next few years of his career without any of that sort of external pressure. But I think playing against him early days, he was a fiery competitor, getting in your face. He's always trying to impose himself on the game, impose himself in the position and something I've probably noticed more from him this year is he's been really measured with his emotions. He's actually been really measured with his decision making and he certainly really surprised me at probably how close we've both gotten to each other yeah. as well this year and being able to talk about the game in a really calm manner uh, because you do see that overexcited, in-your-face style, I suppose, when you play against him, but to play with him and have really good conversations about the game, I've really enjoyed that. The fact that owners and the management have been able to create a space at RCB where people can be real to themselves and just express themselves with a calmness and without any of the distractions that sometimes get in the way in the IPL has been hugely important to Maxi. I've said this a few times on this podcast. We don't know what's going to happen at the next mega auction, but I can say a couple of things for sure. One, Maxi is going to continue to get the big bucks. And two, he's never going to let it get to his head. I think the reason I probably attract such heavy bids are I think middle order batters that can offer a bit with the ball, offer a bit in the field and have international experience and have played all over the world and can hit both sides of the ground and play spin. I think the fact that I play spin really well, I've got a high strike rate against it, is appealing to a lot of teams. I generally come up in the middle overs where um, there's a heavy spin dependent time, I suppose, of the game. and. I think that's appealing to a lot of teams and I think myself and Mo and Ali were two guys that were on people on teams radar this year and yeah I, I've been certainly very lucky and very fortunate to have had a couple of teams bidding for me at the, at the same time but at the same time it can it can dry up pretty quickly as well so you've just got to make sure that it, you're giving you your, your all you're trying your best at training trying to put your best foot forward at, in your games but Luckily, I've been able to probably put the money aside in my mind. I, I don't let it weigh on my shoulders. It's not like I'm going out there batting going, oh, I've got to make make sure I show people that I'm worth a million dollars or whatever it is. You've just got to 
concentrate and block it all out. And probably wasn't easy to do the first few years when I was young and had no idea what I was doing and uh, couldn't understand why teams were bidding for me. And um, But as you get older and you understand, I suppose, the way auctions go and what the teams are looking for, it's not like they're just paying out of their back pocket. It's, I suppose, the reason for the franchise to actually try and get the right, the right people in their lineup. If we in India hadn't already accepted Glenn Maxwell as our own, we now have another reason to. His partner has roots in India and now he has family outside of his IPL family here too. His links to India are only getting stronger. The IPL has changed my life in an amazing way that I've been able to meet some of my heroes, some of the people that I've admired playing for or against, playing under. It's changed me as a cricketer and it's changed me as a person. I was, I probably wasn't as culturally aware as a young player coming to India. This is when I went to India this year, it was the 24th time I think I'd, I'd visited the country, which is quite a few times um, in a in an 11-year career. And Might as well buy a house there. Yeah, well, my family has a few, so. <laughs> They've got a nice farm outside of Chennai, which is nice. I need to go see it at some stage, but yeah, I, I think the people that I've met and the things that I've learnt from the IPL that have helped me as a cricketer and more importantly as a person that has helped me grow into the person I am today and I owe the IPL a hell of a lot. Show your team some love. Get the Kotak RCB debit and credit card. SMS my team to 5676788 or visit kotak.com. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the RCB podcast. How the IPL changed my life. This podcast was produced by the Royal Challengers Bangalore in collaboration with ATS Studio. Gaurav Vaz is the podcast producer and Karunya Keshav wrote this episode. The title track and sound design was by Madhav Ayachit and Ankit Suryakant mixed and mastered this episode. Thanks to Glenn Maxwell for being so honest and so generous with his time. The full video of our conversation will be on the RCB YouTube channel. Thanks also to Ajit Ramamurthy who conceptualized this podcast and put everything together. Ajit is the man behind all the amazing content that RCB produces. And finally, thank you to the Royal Challengers Bangalore and all of you the fans, for your unwavering support and encouragement. We play bold because you believe. If you've got this far, you're absolutely the best. Thanks again for listening. I'm Danish Seth. See you on the next episode of How the IPL Changed My Life.